This episode is brought to you by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, cleaning, and even exercising. But what if you could be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Ensure your next purchase is a real deal and shop authentic handbags, watches, sneakers, streetwear and jewellery from eBay, backed by Authenticity Guarantee. Visit ebay.com for terms. Store-bought pickled peppers, whether they're, you know, cherry peppers like a B&G or whatever kind of Italian-style pickled pepper, or if it's more of like a Peppadew-style of pickled freaking pepper. (laughs) How did I end up? Saying pickled Um, peppers. (laughs) Yeah, geez. Way to think it through, Chris. Hey there, listeners, future callers, and cooking enthusiasts. This is Dinner SOS, the show where we help you save dinner or whatever you're cooking. I'm Chris Morocco, food director of Bon Appetit and Epicurious. This week's listener, Kate, loves a project cook. I love waking up on a Saturday and making something long and involved that really like feeds my soul. And when I go to eat dinner, you know, after cooking for several hours, I think, wow, you could eat this in a restaurant. This is amazing. You know, for example, on a Saturday, I might spend the entire day hand making ravioli. And hold uh, on, hold on. Okay, (laughs) okay. All right. Let me just cut you off right there. Okay. Tell me everything about how you make your ravioli. Okay, well, I um, I make my own pasta dough. Hot um, water dough, egg dough. What egg are we... yolk. Okay. Yeah, egg yolk. So, yes, so I tend to make the dough by hand on my countertop and knead it by hand. And then I just use my KitchenAid mixer to, like, sheet the dough and cut it. Yeah, I, I... love that you said sheet the dough. <laughs> you are, like, operating on a whole other level here. Go well, on. if I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it really well. <laughs> so great. It's not always pasta. Like, you know, sometimes I might braise short ribs on a Saturday or make chicken pho from scratch. I, I just really love challenging myself to try new things and perfecting uh, a technique or a recipe. Kate's a high school English teacher, so while she was able to weekend cook to her heart's content all summer, once the school year starts... I'm very busy during the week, but I want to find that joy on a weeknight, too. Yeah, no, I mean, yeah, well, don't don't we all? I mean, (laughs) I think the weeknight just simply calls for a different set of tools, you know? Mm -hmm. Time is not your friend on the weeknight. Right. That's right. Like any amount of inactive time just becomes a massive crippling hindrance to to just getting food on the table. But clearly you're somebody who likes flavor and anything other than something truly compelling is going to feel like a letdown to you. You've entered the space of the culinary professional, frankly, you know, where it's like also a certain amount of just being 
sort of let down by the fact that like not every culinary experience is going to reach the same heights all the time, you know? For sure. Yeah, you're very kind. I, I would definitely not call myself a professional, but I am tired of sheet pan, chicken thighs and vegetables or, you know, just like very serviceable. It's not that they taste bad, but it's not, I'm not inspired. Yeah, totally. What are the other kinds of things that you enjoy eating, even if not making yourself? I eat everything. I don't have any food aversions or allergies. I love trying new things. That's the best part of going to a restaurant is ordering something that I have never had before or never made before. I love duck. I've never cooked duck in my house before. I love seafood, scallops, lobster. I love curry of all kinds. Yeah, I I, I love food. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a million different ways to go here. I think part of, you know, part of it is just trying to pull recipes that they're a compromise when it comes to technique and time, but they're not a compromise when it comes to flavor. And I have somebody in mind as a co-host who I think would be great for this because, you know, at the end of the day, like, you know, speed is sort of everything when it comes to weeknight cooking. And I mean, I feel like almost for you, where my head's going is starting from scratch on a weeknight, how far can you get? And I think the answer is pretty far, but you just definitely have to have a pretty strategic deployment of pantry staples and the right recipes that are going to feel really interesting to you and not feel like they entail any type of sacrifice. That sounds wonderful. I can't wait. Yeah. I mean, isn't this the eternal question? Everybody is like willing to cook, but only willing to do it for a short period. For high-impact dinners on a tight time frame, I knew I had to call on Kendra Vaculin. Kendra writes a column for the magazine called Speedy Does It, and she's incredible at finding shortcuts to dinner that still pack a punch. You know, at least with Kate, I got the sense that, like, the way you cook, the way, you know, I cook in my better moments, where it's like the meanwhile of it all, mm -hmm. like start mm -hmm. a thing, make a sauce, get your side working, totally. do something else. You know, I do love sort of multitasking. Yes. <laughs> and I think that that's a nice way to put it. And like, I think the elevated sheet pan dinner is like a good example of that, where like mm -hmm. you have a couple things that are happening in the oven and you don't have to deal with them. And during that period, you can be doing what's going to ultimately make that meal so much better by making a sauce and making another component and making a grain or whatever. Whereas some people are just like, pull the sheet pan out, scrape it onto a plate, call yeah, it a day. Exactly. I thought of you instantly for this. Like sometimes I'll read your recipes and I'm like, mm -hmm. whoa, she's like moving in like th on three axes here. You know, there's like a bowl that you've saved and now you're going to put another thing in that bowl and oh my that God. comes out. And then I'm like, I am Kendra, crazy about slow down. Bowls. <laughs> like, I was like, how many bowls are in this recipe? Yeah. But What's crazy is it's one bowl, but I love to use it 100 times. Comes in and out <laughs> and in and out. Yeah. No, it's yeah. great. I think when you pull people along into that style of cooking, it's like it's actually great because if you do invest yourself in the process, you can create like so many things in 45 minutes. I love it. I think cool. this is going to be good. We're going to take a quick break. When we're back, we'll set Kate up with some quick but not necessarily simple recipes.
I'm Deb Perlman, creator and mastermind behind Smitten Kitchen and the author of three cookbooks. And I'm Kenji Lopez-Alt. You might know me from Serious Eats, The Food Lab, and The Walk. We're both professional home cooks, which means that we create and test recipes, obsessing over them until they're just right. And on our new podcast, The Recipe with Kenji and Deb, we'll share our techniques and ingredients so that you can learn everything you need to create your own perfect recipes. From Radiotopia, from PRX. It's The Recipe with Kenji and Deb. Out now on your favorite podcast platform. Apple Card is the perfect cash back rewards credit card. You earn up to 3% daily cash on every purchase every day. That's 3% on your favorite products at Apple, 2% on all other Apple Card with Apple Pay purchases, and 1% on anything you buy with your titanium Apple Card or virtual card number. Visit apple.co slash card calculator to see how much you can earn. Apple Card issued by Goldman Sachs Bank USA, Salt Lake City Branch, subject to credit approval. Terms apply. Kate, welcome back. How are you? Hi, Chris. I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm joined here by Kendra Vaculin. Hi, Kate. Hi, Kendra. So Kendra and I were just offlining about the fact that coming up with recipes for you was oddly challenging. Mm. And here's why. So I think what it is, is the kind of cooking that you and I were discussing, which is, you know, the sort of like get ambitious, make every minute of a 45 minute to one hour block of time count such that you are able to, you know, kind of do various components at the same time and really kind of work a little bit more like a line cook than like a home cook. Mm, Totally. I think that is absolutely how I personally cook when like left to my own devices in my house. But it is not often how our recipes end up when we write them for the home cook because it's easier to do than it is to explain. I feel like when you're being like, now return to pot one, put the parsley in pot two, in the back Mm -hmm. burner, put on a third pot. Like, you know, like it makes it more difficult for the reader to really understand and follow along. So while once you've cooked a recipe a couple times through, that might be how you end up maximizing your time. It's like not the most intuitive way to, to write a recipe out. So, so many of our recipes on our site don't monopolize the time in the same sense because we don't want people, if you are a less adept cook, to feel chaotic or hectic while they're trying to make it happen. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, and I'm apt, you know, Kendra didn't mention, but probably wanted to, like, I'm apt to kind of edit out (laughs) some of the language that might pop up in terms of, you know, oh, go back to this, work on that a little bit more, then bounce back to pot number one, carry that through to a different endpoint. Okay, now let's start working on component number three. We actually tried to to do a story like this, and it was called, I want to say it was called Sunday Suppers, but the premise was meant to be, okay, like Sunday supper is you're serving a few things, right? It's like mm. the spaghetti and the meatballs, but then it's the braised broccoli rub, totally. and then it's like the fun salad with the mm-hmm. thing. But like, what if you wrote the recipe for that dinner as one meta recipe <gasps> such that you had these different components and it was all broken out into logical steps that all followed an appropriate workflow? Mm to arrive at an endpoint of having all done at the same time. And it became just a total fiasco because, <laughs> to Kendra's point, it's one thing to do that 
on your own mm. to layer over three recipes and to sort of parse out what you need to do first, second, third. Mm-hmm. But when you start writing it down, it sounds complicated. And then you start getting the folks who, they don't want the broccoli, Rob. Right. They want to do the glazy squash. Oh, man. And now, like, the person who's, you know, not going to do the salad or can't eat this thing or that thing is saying, oh, my gosh, now I have to sift through this recipe and, like, create negative space within it, like, in my brain. Tough. To try to punch mm-hmm. out what I do need and what is is relevant to me. Really tough. Yeah. This is not us telling you that we can't help you. <laughs> oh, no. Let me be clear. We have come. We, we are yeah, armed. Here. We are ready to tell you recipes. But it is, it is. I think, why you'll find that it might be more of a mental exercise on your end to, to implement that style of cooking with recipes that you love in the world than it will be something that you're going to find ready for you on a cider in a cookbook. That right. being said, I think Ali Slego might be your sort of guide through this world. She is an amazing recipe developer, and her cookbook, I Dream of Dinner, is full of recipes written in this fashion. She is currently living in like a tiny house in a van. She's like, you know, traversing the nation with her partner. I saw her van really? in Hudson. Oh my gosh, like potentially. A couple months ago. And she cooks out of like this makeshift kitchen that they've built out into the back of this van. And because of that, space and time constraints are of the utmost importance to her. I think that was always true even when she wasn't living in a van, but now, of course, even more so. So the way she writes recipes are like you're building the salad dressing in the measuring cup and she's telling you, you know, fill the olive oil to the fourth cup and then keep adding vinegar until it hits this and then Mm. add the garlic directly to that and then this and then whisk it and then pour this into the pan and then put this directly into the pan. She'll tell you when you need to wash things and when you don't need to. Grate the garlic on the microplane, set it aside, don't wash it because you're going to use it for parm later, that kind of thing. Which So I think it it can read like, oh, we got a lot going on, but it's so smart. Once you're implementing it, once it's in your body, you're like, this is the most efficient I've ever been. Yeah, that sounds great. Thank you. I'm going to definitely get her book. Of course. My recipes are by a recipe developer named Kendra Vacuum. <gasps> oh my God. Both of them. Oh, Because what I like about Kendra's style is like you, your focus is perhaps on making certain dishes that are a little bit more singular, right? Like they're not layered components necessarily. Mm-hmm. I think lately what you've been doing for Speedy Does It is interesting because it takes down, in some cases it might be like a well-known dish, right? Like we talked about beef stew. Right. And you basically beef stewified meatballs, mm-hmm. right? Like meatballs being something that you can cook very quickly and arrive at like a, a very tender place. But you turned sort of meatballs into like the boeuf bourguignon experience mm-hmm. of like a red wine, brazy, meaty kind of thing with like mushroom, I want to say. Yeah. Like a little like onions, the pearl onions maybe. Definitely, yeah. Yeah. And I just thought that was really smart because, listen, you're not like driving yourself crazy, like hair on fire cooking the devils at your back for 45 minutes. But you've condensed the process of making something that should take much longer into a much shorter, finite window of time Mm. in which you are investing effort. So with that, that is my first recipe suggestion. It's the name of this recipe is meatball soup with beef stew vibes. (laughs) (laughs) We were having fun that day. Yeah. Um, 
I can't believe they let me keep that. To I be can't honest. believe it either. No, but this is like, this is great because it's a total vibe. And you look at this dish and you're like, oh yeah, it looks like it sort of almost wants to be beef stew, but actually it's meatball soup. But it delivers an experience that normally would only be unlocked after multiple hours of effort. Mm. So... That is my first suggestion. Wow. My second suggestion, I also love the the name of this recipe. And this is not, it's not really riffing on some kind of OG classic. It's just kind of its own thing. This recipe is called Gorgeous Green Shrimp. And I just <laughs> wanted to talk about it maybe. I mean, you know, this is not going to solve every single one of your problems, but it's just like really luscious, vibrant, shockingly verdant green shrimp that are simply cooked. And I don't know, do you want to break down the recipe? Yeah, it's basically a blender sauce. So you throw a bunch of green things, flavorful things, aromatic things in a blender. And then after you sear your shrimp to get a little bit of color on them, you throw this green sauce in the pan and it coats them and cooks the sauce a little bit. So it takes off that raw edge. And you're left with this like skillet full of saucy shrimp that you just really want to sop up with toast. And so while the shrimp is cooking or while the stuff is blending or whenever or after, you can toast some bread alongside. I always forget and burn my bread. It's a trope in the test kitchen at this point. <laughs> I burn my toast. But I think it it goes nicely with like big, long baguette slices mm. that you'll just like use to get every last bit of that sauce. And, and it's kind of one of those things like, listen, part of me is like, oh, should we have done the built-in side with it? Should we have done the built-in veg? Mm. Should have been served on rice? Should it have been served on crispy rice? Like there's a lot of ways that we could have introduced complexity to this recipe. But I ultimately think potentially, Kate, this is like, <laughs> this is my, my hypothesis and I'm sticking to it for the moment. My feeling is that giving you something that is maybe a little bit more singular and focused on one component, but with you sort of thinking intentionally, but what what else would go with this? Like I do this with a little bit of like green beans, some tender little like haricot totally. there. I would do rice in any form whatsoever <clears throat> that I cared to execute. Even like fried rice would be dynamite with this. I think the world is your oyster or your shrimp in this case. I love yeah. it. I think that makes a lot of sense. They both sound delicious. I have two very different recipes for you. Great. The first one is from a contributor we work with often named Asha Lupi, who I think also often has a lot of irons in the fire in a certain recipe when she is developing. And I think that uh, lends itself really well to creative cooks like you. So this is a dish that she did for us called Everything Spice Fish with Tomato Salad. It was from a package we did a while ago of cutlets, pounded, flat, and breaded and shallow fried proteins and sort of accoutrement. And so she did a fish version, which you do not pound because she uses a flat white fish and you can use Dover sole if you want to, or truly any white fish that's cut thin would be really good. Like flounder would work here too. And you make this amazing coating using panko, sesame seeds, and everything bagel seasoning. Everything bagel seasoning has some sesame seeds in it, but you do need to like augment it with a little bit more for more crunch and more body. And when you crisp it up the fish with that coating, it is so delightful. It takes on exactly the amount of that bagel-y flavor, but... Toasted onion exactly. intensity. But what I love about this is that she didn't go with salmon. Like so mm. often when you go everything bagel, everyone is like, then you put smoked salmon on it, whatever. This is like a little layer up. You're doing a little bit more cooking than just throwing smoked salmon on the top of a salad. And while that's frying and happening, you are also creating this tomato salad 
which is tomatoes, dill, red onion, a little dressing, and then on the side, a kind of Greek yogurty seasoned swoosh to act as your, you know, your cream cheese in this moment. But it's a little bit tangier and a little bit more luscious. And I think this dish is fantastic. We ate it so fast when it was up in the test kitchen. I think it's really fun. And it's just a little bit more than a simple seared fish. Very cool. That sounds great. Yeah, I agree. And the next one is... <laughs> I'm like, not going to... You're you so flow. I'm just going to let agree. you keep going. No, I love it. And the next one is Shilpo's Kokovich, who works in the test kitchen, who is great with like big, bold, punchy flavors. I oversee a section of the magazine that has had many names, and its current name is Dinner is Served. And the premise of the section is the dishes take about 45 minutes and have about 10 ingredients. So you know, there is wiggle room there, but we like to try to operate within those confines. And this is a recipe that Chilpa developed for that section. The name on the website is Creamy Spinach and Chickpeas, which does not sound like much. We, we weren't doing fun names that day. No. I don't know. We <laughs> January 4th, 2022. I don't know. We were in a bad mood. <laughs> Creamy Spinach and Chickpeas. When you think of that in your head, you're like, bummer. But I can't tell you how much of a not bummer this dish is. It is so loud. It is so bold. It is so delicious. It is basically flatbreads like pita or you could use tortillas, you could use lavash, whatever, served on the side of this triple, quadruple layered thing of magic. The bottom layer is this quick creamed spinach. You basically are throwing frozen spinach in a pot with a little bit of flour, a little bit of cream, and it gets really delicious and luscious, but stays bright green. That goes on the bottom. Then at the same time the spinach is cooking in a separate pot, you've got chickpeas with a little bit more cream and a bunch of harissa and jardinera. So you got this like punchy spiced paste that like you cook until it separates out the oil from the flavors. You know, you can see the like oil beading in the sauce. And then you dump in all this chopped jardinera. So pickly vegetables straight from the jar. The fresh direct jardinera, if you have fresh direct in your area, is super good. Not an ad, but I would take ad money from fresh direct for their <laughs> jardinera. It's so good. So you dump that in. So then you've got this cream spinach on the bottom of the plate. These creamy, like, fiery chickpeas in the second layer. Then you top the whole thing with pickled peppers and fried shallots. It's like a textural marvel. And if you're really feeling like up for a challenge, you could pickle your own peppers, you could fry your own shallots, or you could buy one or the other or both from the supermarket. And you just serve that big pile with lemon wedges alongside all of this flatbread. I have made this countless times in my home, mm. which it is rare to me that I, you know, quote unquote, take work home. <laughs> I am rarely making a recipe that someone else has developed on the site in my house, especially after I've already tested it in the kitchen. But this is a fixture in my house because it is, you've got, you know, two pots going at the same time and you've got to keep an eye on both. It happens in a flash, but the flavors are so big. Yeah. The thing I like about it too is I think like, quote unquote, dip for dinner or like a, a pile of things that you serve with like a flatbread or with chips can sometimes feel like you're not getting a very complete meal. But because of the amount of spinach that's in this and the chickpeas, you do have like a bunch of protein and a bunch of vegetables. So you do feel like this is a full meal just dialed up to 12. It's really great. Amazing. Any questions, concerns, fears? No, I'm really excited to pick a recipe and get cooking. I love Amazing. it. I can't wait to hear all about it. I can't wait to hear either, but we're going to have to. 
for one more quick break. Hi, friends. I'm Cameron Rogers, mental health advocate, mom of two, content creator, and host of Conversations with Cam. This podcast is dedicated to having honest conversations, prioritizing your well being, and reminding you that no matter what you're feeling, you are not alone. We'll discuss mental health maintenance, the ups and downs of motherhood, the trials and tribulations of life, and have a lot of fun along the way. Whether you are knee deep in diapers or just trying to keep your sanity intact, this podcast is for you. Expect laughs, maybe a few tears, and hopefully some breakthroughs along the way. Make sure to subscribe and tune in for new episodes of Conversations. Conversations with Cam every Wednesday morning. Kate, how are you doing? Welcome back. Hi, I'm good. Thanks, Chris. How are you? Good. Joined here once more by Kendra. Hello, Kate. Hi, Kendra. Kate, I'm just like, I always kind of get this like mental picture of like who a caller is. Mm -hmm. And with you, it was like there was one word that came to mind and it was competence. Like you just seemed like, you know, you were succeeding on a certain level, but you were truly looking to bring your weeknight cooking to the next level. I think that's really lovely. Thank you for the compliment. I think you're right. And when you described my dilemma, like as looking for recipes that were cooking like a line cook in a restaurant, that really Mm -hmm. shed a lot of light for me on what I was interested in doing. And that's definitely what happened when I made the recipes. Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, it sounds like Michelle has some audio of this. Can you roll that? So I decided to go with the gorgeous green shrimp that Chris recommended. But Kendra, it's your recipe. So you were going to win either way. I chose that because I think shrimp is a great weeknight protein. It doesn't take long to defrost. If it's frozen, it's not long cooking. And I'm always looking for ways to incorporate seafood into my diet more often. So this seemed like a good one. Love it. Before we hear how Kate did with Kendra's gorgeous green shrimp, here's how you make them. Pat your peeled shrimp dry and season them. Then make your sauce by pureeing cilantro, scallions, jalapeno, garlic, olive oil, lemon juice, and a bit of water until very smooth. Then you cook your shrimp in a mix of butter and olive oil just until they're lightly browned. Add in some more butter and cook, tossing often for another minute. Take it off the heat and add the green sauce into your skillet. Top with a drizzle of yogurt thinned out with a bit of water, season, and dig in. What was the experience of cooking it? It was great. So the recipe, you know, called for making some toast with it, which I wanted to do. And I decided to do green beans on the side, like you had suggested. So I just sort of sat down and timed out, like, when am I going to start my broiler to preheat? And when am I going to put the water on to blanch my green beans? And how many pans do I need? And so um, the whole process took less than a half an hour. And I had to peel the shrimp because my grocery store didn't have already peeled shrimp. So like a half an hour to do all of that seemed pretty good That's to me. That's awesome. Yeah, it was a great recipe. Delicious. Oh, I'm so glad. And I also love a situation where I win regardless. (laughs) (laughs) Isn't it interesting how, you know, even in just doing one other element, right? Like the green Mm -hmm. beans, blanched, Mm -hmm. 
suddenly you're juggling two things essentially, right? And like maybe the green beans aren't a proper recipe per se, but the fact that it's like you now have to think a little bit more strategically and that work is on you, right? It's like, okay, I should start the water for the green beans first. I need to kind of basically get those out of the way, you know, which is easy enough to do while I'm prepping the things for the shrimp. And then I'm going to go to like the cooking process on the shrimp and so on and so forth. And then you'll, you know, maybe you'll top and tail your green beans while something else is happening. But there's some little things happening in the gorgeous green shrimp recipe, which I love. And one of the things is just the name because gorgeous green shrimp doesn't really say anything whatsoever about the dish other than the fact that it's going to be green. But it's almost like that's enough, you know, like sometimes just giving something this like bold amped up color is enough to sort of transform it into an elevated experience, at least for your eyes. Also, like that yogurt drizzle. I mean, this is one of these things that's almost a cliche, at least like in food media circles, but I don't know that it's obvious, you know, to a lot of home cooks that you just take some plain, ideally whole fat yogurt, you drizzle some water into it to turn it into more of like a pourable consistency. And suddenly you have this dynamic, salty, tangy sauce that you spent no effort on, and yet it completely then pops off of that green, gorgeous shrimpscape, right? And Mm -hmm. turns this like what might otherwise be a humble weeknight meal into something else, whatever it is. Definitely. And I, you know, when I made the recipe, I thought like, this is a great canvas for some different starting points too. Like you could amp up the jalapeno and add some like chili powder maybe into it and Mm -hmm. make it more of like a Mexican meal. You could add some cumin and go more like Middle Eastern with it, right? With the flavor profile. And so I thought like, oh, this is also a good starting point to do some fun things on a weeknight. Totally. I love that you're thinking like that. I think that's so fun. And you're totally right when it's sort of like the green blender sauce is very like aromatic base and it doesn't really choose a lane, which means that if you add, you know, a couple of extras in any one direction, you can really angle it, which I I think means that you can take this however you want to go. And there's a lot of a lot of spaces you can go with this as a starting point. Mm -hmm, Definitely. Yeah. The other thing that I, I wanted to call out, and this is again, this is like some pretty granular detail, but Kendra, you're sauteing the shrimp in a combination of butter and olive oil. Mm. And then you're adding more butter after the shrimp kind of get an initial sear. And, you know, searing something in oil is good from the standpoint of, oh, well, it's got a higher smoke point, so it's not going to burn. But sauteing something in butter, the fact that the butter is ultimately going to brown, it can be your friend, point being, if you're looking to create like great color and also, you know, flavor on something and it's not a very long cook time. Just like that delicate kind of interplay and like adding fat at various stages of a recipe rather than just sort of dumping it all into a skillet before turning on the heat and then just sort of riding it out. I just thought like very strategic deployment of your ingredients there. Wow. Thank you very much. (laughs) (laughs) Now, Kate, has the school year started? Unofficially, yes. Like I had meetings today to get back into it, but classes don't start until next week. Okay. And so safe to say you were doing this dish like more in in a time of sort of summer vibes. Is that fair to say? Uh, It is, but I treated yesterday like a work day. So I I had some online meetings and I set myself up and, and pretended like it was work and then you know, I got home and timed myself so I knew how long this was going to take. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> this is what I'm talking about, Kendra. That's the kind of stunt that you would pull. 100%. Like, let me put a timer on oh, and yeah. like wake up early that morning 
and then like do like 15 hours of crazy work on the computer and then get into it as though it's like, this is my window. I have to make And cosplay workday so that you can <laughs> yes. effectively determine whether or not this would be a good weeknight post-work meal. I mean, we love to see it. The dedication. <laughs> you have a dinner emergency on your hands, write to us at dinnersos at bonappetit.com or leave us a voice message at 212-286-SOS1. That's 212-286-7071. We'd love to feature your question on the show. Folks, there's still time to send in your pressing questions, large or small, for Thanksgiving. Let us help you make the day a little easier and more delicious. You can find the recipes mentioned on today's episode. Meatball soup with beef stew vibes, gorgeous green shrimp, everything spice fish with tomato salad, and creamy spinach and chickpeas on the Epicurious app brought to you by Condé Nast. Just search Epicurious in the App Store and download today. If you enjoyed this episode, please give us a rating and review on your podcast app of choice and hit the follow button so you never miss an episode. Dinner SOS is a Condé Nast Entertainment original podcast. I'm your host, Chris Morocco. My co-host this week is Kendra Vaculin. Our producer is Michelle O'Brien. Peyton Hayes is our associate producer. Cameron Foose is our assistant producer. Jake Loomis is our studio engineer. Amar Lal mixed this episode. Thanks to Gabe Caroga for engineering help. Next week, Megan loves to travel, and she's on the road a lot for both work and fun. But I want to kind of have a toolkit in my brain of quicker way to eat sustainably, seasonally, and not fill my entire fridge because I might be leaving. (laughs) (laughs) What are you all reading right now? We do a lot of choice reading and a lot of focus on indigenous literature right now. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Gosh, I feel like we were like beholden to a somewhat limited canon. Wasn't the stuff that I enjoyed reading. Yeah, for sure. Ethan Frome. Oh, yeah. Boring. Hell no. (laughs) God. Here at Dinner SOS, we love tackling your kitchen issues. But what if I told you there's a way to rescue dinner before it turns into an emergency? With expert insights from the test kitchen, cooking and entertaining tips, and a treasury of over 50,000 recipes, Bon Appetit and Epicurious are your lifelines to rescue any meal. And right now, our listeners can get 20% off an annual digital subscription including access to the user-friendly Epicurious app. Just use code SOS20 at bonappetit.com. That's SOS20 for a 20% discount on an annual digital subscription to Bon Appetit and Epicurious. Happy cooking. And don't worry, I'll still be here if your dinner plan self-destructs. <laughs>